Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 538. The automobile is not just a product. It is a part of one's individuality. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Gene Langmesser. Gene, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready, Mark. Let's go. All right. Off to the races, as they say. Gene Langmesser is the president and CEO of N2A Motors in Orange County, California. N2A Motors is an auto manufacturer with a mission of reviving the art of American coach building. The N2A moniker is an abbreviation of No Two Alike, which profiles the company vision. He and his talented team take everything you love about automobiles, classic, retro, and modern sports car, and they build them into a new vehicle with a state-of-the-art performance, safety, and reliability. Gene's extensive years of domestic and international experience in both aerospace and automotive sectors Bring N2A Motors a viable leadership. All right, Gene, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your past and who you are before we get into the questions? Okay, I will do that. I can go way back. Started right when I was in high school doing drafting and design and uh, started into co-op from high school. Uh, they got me into General Motors Fisher Body, if anybody remembers Fisher Body Engineering. Oh, yeah. I worked for Fisher Body for a couple of years, and General Motors decided they wanted me to learn some more. So they put me through University of Michigan for my mechanical engineering degree. Wow. Um, I, my major was on kinematics or uh, physics, mm-hmm. if, uh, if you want to go that detailed. <laughs> I was working in their restraint group, developing seat belts and passive re- belt systems and airbags. Back in the day when uh, all that was pretty new to us. Cool. I developed the uh, the dummies that are currently used in crash testing. I developed their HIC points, all their crash points that were registered into the computer. Oh, all those little uh, crosses on their faces and arms yeah. and everything? Okay. Yeah, yeah and when it, it registers the data, when it gets hit and how much pressure it takes and lacerations and everything, and it all gets fed back into a computer. So I developed that dummy with uh, Baylor College of Medicine for the anthropometric dimensions. Nice. That was one of my 
first and biggest projects when I was uh, in my early 20s. And that was uh, a lot of fun and uh, did a lot with that. But through the development of that, of course, I was into uh, cars and got into uh, interior design and body design with Fisher Body also. Then I left Fisher Body and I went to some of the contract houses around Detroit, born and raised in Detroit. Then I went out to Porsche Engineering in Weissach, Germany, where their engineering headquarters is. And I was a studio lead engineer for Porsche for about uh, six years, which I worked on some fantastic projects. And that's when I started doing a little bit with the coach building where we were being sent vehicles. I started out doing a lot of convertibles for Porsche. Did worked on, uh, they did work for other companies. So I did the Audi A4 convertible, all the development of the A4, um, Mercedes 300E convertible. Uh, I did a Volkswagen Rabbit convertible. Uh, worked on some of the Porsche 911 convertibles. Nice. And I did all that with Carmon, which Carmon is a big build company over there yeah. that built the convertibles, kind of like how ASC did a lot of convertible building here in the States in that time period where the OEs weren't releasing convertibles to the market. Now, is this the same Carmon that built my Carmon Gia that I had in high school? That is correct. Same <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, Gia, cool. Gia was a coach builder, an Italian coach builder, yeah. built bodies, and Carmon was a chassis builder and uh, built, also a coach builder. Yeah, cool. So they, they combined their forces together to build the Carmen Gia. Yeah. And then I ended up uh, leaving Germany and uh, came and bought, a, actually with a gentleman named Fred Cantor, bought a concept car studio here in California. Uh, we bought it from MSX International, which is a big company out of Detroit. Uh, we bought their studio from them, and um, I started developing uh, that studio for building cars for the OEs. Uh, I did a lot of work for GM, Ford, Chrysler, Audi, Mercedes, Hyundai, Kia. And we built the future cars for the car shows, for the auto shows. Like today, they'd be building a car for 2020. Yeah. Um, and we would build those cars. They outsourced that work to us. Oh, wow. I diversified some of the work in that company to aerospace. Uh, we built that company up through the aerospace, did a lot of Lockheed and Boeing work, worked on skunk work programs, did some drone aircraft. Everything was carbon fiber composite work and things like that. Then we diversified the company or split the company up into automotive and aerospace. The aerospace division stayed where it was. Automotive, we moved out. We created the name N2A Motors, mm. which is no two alike. Yeah. I created that company in 2007 split it off the aerospace division and started going after more of my passion. What I enjoy is the cars. Aerospace makes money, but I enjoy cars. <laughs> I understand. And our listener our listeners do too. Yeah. So I started doing my passion and building cars. Again, still for the a lot of the OEs, uh building a lot of the show cars. But I started building some of my own vehicles. Um I was using the Corvette C six platform and building some of my own coach building uh vehicles. Uh the seven eight nine, which is the likenesses of a fifty seven Chevy, fifty eight Chevy, and a fifty nine Chevy, all integrated in a nice package and built on top of a brand new C six Corvette at that time. So it was a hundred and eighty mile an hour late 50s looking car 
And um, I made them in coupes, convertibles, and uh, uh, Targas. And it was it was a nice little project. And I developed an Enteros, which was a, kind of my idea of what a Italian styled car. Yeah, very like. European. Yeah cool sports car road touring car and look yeah so um and then i start creating cars for other people and i still create cars for other people and still have my own cars so i uh, keep it brief and we'll move on to other questions well yeah well i'm really <laughs> glad you brought us through that background because it's really viable to where you stand today for those listeners who aren't aware of what you're doing uh incredible background i remember as a little kid looking at the threshold on our pontiac with that little fisher body with a little coach in the yeah. little strip of aluminum there i always used to look at that as a kid every time i crawled in that car going fisher body what is that fisher body so mm-hmm. yeah as we continue on your journey i always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so gene take the wheel my quote is pretty simple, one-liner, and it's take your imagination to the limits. <laughs> I like it. And I've always believed in taking that imagination to where it's never been and where people think it cannot go. Well, you have done that. You know, I'll make sure that we have links to your website and some of the historical background of the cars you just mentioned in the intro there. But some of these cars are just so unique. And you definitely live that mantra because you look at these cars at first and you go, oh, that's a 57 ship. Wait, what is that? Oh, my gosh. And of course, then looking at them, popping the hood open and going, wait a minute. You're up to something here. So, uh, yeah, and it's all carbon fiber composites. So, wow. it's uh, no old cars were destroyed. It's uh, it's just um, 21st century, I call it 21st century eyes. Yes. Right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's it's just made to look like an old car. You know, all of us have gone in our hot rods and our sports cars and everything that we've re- our retros. We all like the, the the old cars, the retros. But every time I got into one of my old cars, the first thing you do is you grab your little tool sack, your, you know, <laughs> yes. your basic tools, and you put it in the car because the odds are you're going to need something in there before yeah. you get home again. Yeah, <laughs> I have so many friends who are into old cars, and I think the best tool you can carry is your mobile phone. <laughs> but no matter no matter where you go, what you do, you know you're going to have to do something and i don't care how much you put into it. i put a hundred thousand dollars into a retro car and i've still needed to wrench on it before i get home sometimes you know yeah yeah it may not be every trip but it's going to be some of them and by doing what i created there with the 789 and some of the other creations is you still get that retro look but with all today's technology the bluetooth uh you know uh, push button start you never have to take your keys out of your pocket um all that all that is all added into it yeah very cool i really love what you're doing well let's go back in time just a little bit here i'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars go back and tell us about that pivotal moment when you realized that you were a car guy well, I probably realized it when I was probably about 14 or 15 years old. We weren't a very well-off family, and I, my father was a, a, a designer at General Motors, uh, Turnstead Division. But, uh, you know, we still, you know, we had five kids, and we had to live our life, oh, right? Oh, man, big house. <laughs> yeah, about f- uh, f- 14, 15 years old, I was told that, you know, I better start saving up for a car if I want one, you know, because uh, it's the only way you're going to get one is to buy it yourself. So I started buying and selling just junkers on the side of the road and just fixing them up and flipping them, right? Oh, so cool. I was, I was just grabbing a car, fixing it and flipping it, no matter what it was, whether it was, you know, as much as changing the lifters or just tuning it up and making it run a little better or 
you know, maybe doing a little body work to it to hide some rust and I was selling it. And I raised enough money to buy my first car, which was a 70 Cuda. Cool. An AAR Cuda, the 346. Oh my Cuda. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, bought that and, um, Back in that day, uh, I mean, this is in Detroit, and uh, um, street racing was big, and I don't condone street racing. Not anymore, kiddos. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but that's probably when I realized I was a uh, car guy. Yeah, kinda. yeah, I've heard that before. Very cool. Wow, Cuda, what a nice first car. That's neat. Well, what I'd love to do now, Gene, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven on. Have you talk about a huge challenge or a big failure you faced along your way in your career? You know, having moved from... Uh, Working for companies into private business, oh my gosh, the entrepreneurial world is fraught with challenges. But if you'd share something that that really stood out for us, take us there, bring us to that time that was so, so challenging. But more importantly, how did you overcome it and what did it teach you? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I'd have to say, and I'm sure everyone in today's life is going to say the same thing, 2009 to 2012 was my nemesis. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was an entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneur, and I had a partner at the time, 2009, actually. I bought him out. Mm-hmm. What a bad time to do that. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I bought him out, went through that hard period of time all by myself, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a struggle. Um and uh, all I could say is perseverance. Um, mm-hmm. Believe in what you believe in and uh, persevere. You know, I've had so many guests that struggled during that time, of course. I mean, so many people did. So uh, tell us a- about maybe one condition, one situation you're in where you're just like, oh, man, this is such a mess. And, and take us to that moment in time and then tell us what it taught you, how you moved past it. Because your buddy there, your old business partner, must have had a really magical crystal ball or his timing is just perfect. And sometimes luck uh, falls into that when it comes to what's happening in the economy and world economies. But take us into a specific moment and then tell us how you worked through it. Okay. Well, I was off on my own. I kept downsizing and downsizing because I had to figure out where my right space was for what I was trying to do, mm-hmm. which was coach building, trying to build these cars. And of course, trying to get sales in an economy where no one's spending any money. And, uh, you know, I'm building something that people don't need. It's just something that people want. And there's a big difference there. Um, I fortunately, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in the needs business. I was in the wants. Um, so I had to find those people that money didn't really matter to them or the economy didn't really matter. They had enough money and their wants were still their wants. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, it was not easy to find a lot of those people when, you know, things are, you're already struggling because you can't uh, go hang out in the areas where these people hang out and yes. tell them about your car, right? Yeah, spending all this money to ship a prototype to show. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I even went to, you know, SEMA during those years. Uh, I'd gone for years and all of a sudden, you know, half the hall was in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. so tough stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, so those years I was in SEMA too and I was trying to drag people out to the parking lot to see my car because yeah. I couldn't, there you couldn't go. afford the space inside. Well, there's an innovative way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, th- so that's what I did. And um, then what the part where it really hurt and where I, I guess the memorable part where you really think you're at the bottom and you got to fight your way through is I built a couple cars in those years uh, and you know, of course a number of them uh, here and there to keep things afloat and I remember um, you know you're at the if you don't get a sale you know you're done you're done right I, I can't get this I'm going to have to go work for somebody else and do my own thing do their thing instead of my own thing right 
And I'm like, okay, well, I'll build this car, and you're building it, and you got to get a couple people. I still, I think the smallest I ended up going, I had three good people I kept with me that helped me build these cars, mm-hmm. and I think that's the smallest I got at that time. But still, was struggling. I was keeping three families afloat along with my own, oh, and I yeah. think suffered the most. But I built these cars and we're building it and we put it together and we get it built and it goes out and it was beautiful. And uh, two months later, he calls me up and he says, uh, Gene, I don't know what's going on, but I got bubbles in the paint, right? Uh-oh. Uh Some bubbles in the hood. So I go, oh. And uh, so the guy lived in uh, Idaho. So he comes, he says, I'll bring the car back down to you. He goes, I know times are tough. And he goes, um, I got some friends down there, so I'll just trailer it down. I'll come visit my friends, stay with them for a week and stuff. Maybe you can fix the car, right? Okay. Well, you know, at this time, you don't really want to be repairing stuff at cost, (laughs) right? Of course, of course. (laughs) I got a warranty, you know, I put on my cars. So you come down, you grind the whole hood down, you repaint the whole front end, you give him his car back and and everything went okay, but that was the point where I'm like, man, I, I, I needed to sell a car and build a car just to stay afloat. Now I got to repair a car at cost, oh. at my cost. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And then I had the phone was ringing, and a gentleman calls me up from Las Vegas, says, hey, I want to buy one of your cars. I saw a red and black one you had at SEMA. He goes, I want that car. Um, I go, well, that's the only car I got. It's my show car. I need it to make more money. He goes, I want to buy that one, and I got a friend who wants to buy another one and do a build. Hey. So I'll pay you cash for that one you got. I go, okay. And that started <laughs> things rolling. And that was the down the end of the downturn, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you used the word perseverance, which is so important. The perseverance, tenacity for entrepreneurs is key. So I would assume that's your takeaway from all this. You've just got to have perseverance, belief, and you just keep chugging along. Yeah, you got to know when to throw in the towel if it's not working, but you got to you got to really think it through because there's so many great ideas and so many great entrepreneurs out there. You don't ever want to hear any one of them throwing in the towel, but you don't want someone living out of a box either. Yep. Sometimes when you're digging a hole, you got to know when to stop and climb out of it and go dig somewhere else. So, well, thanks for taking us there. Awesome that you made it through that period. Very tough time. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. When you realize, oh, man, this idea is cool. This is the path I'm going to take, the journey I'm going to go on. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Okay. Um, well, I was always a designer and an engineer working for a lot of different big companies, right? Like I said, General Motors, Fisher Body. And then I worked for a lot of the big contract houses in uh, Detroit, worked my way up through management. I was a VP of a company that had uh, 14,000 employees, Ooh. contract house that jobbed in engineers and designers, set up facilities all over Europe. And that's how I started working with Porsche Design. And the think that's when I I had that aha moment. I was a lead engineer at Porsche Design Studios working with Porsche. Um, I actually went over there and I worked in their studios and I actually got to work on the the Porsche 959. Wow. And I was working on that air inlet back in 1988, working on that air inlet in the quarter panel. And then um, Porsche gave, got, got me some more... Um, projects to work on they could they nicknamed me the fireman anything that anyone else couldn't figure out in the company <laughs> they called me up and said gene come see what you can do here wow well that's a, you know coming from porsche you think about their engineers and, and their history man uh kudos to you for being the fireman well thank you thank you 
And um, I started working, like I said, I started working with Carmon and Porsche together and with the design and the engineering house and then the build facilitator, which was Carmon. And that was the go between between them. That's when I had that aha moment and said, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to go back to coach building. There's so many beautiful ideas that can be out there in low volume. And this is, this is what I got to create. And um, I was doing it for Porsche a little bit back then. And then I started doing it uh, with uh, just uh, building the show cars for these guys, these one-offs. And I said, there's got to be an in-between between these two, these one-offs, where people can have these really cool cars and have their individual individuality. And, you know, people can afford it. Yeah. And it's not as expensive as people think. It's, I'm not talking half a million dollars for a car, you know. You're talking $100,000, $150,000 for a unique car. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, it's a great story. Gene, the, uh, let's see, how would you say, fewer veteran fireman in German, I think, is my, my weak German there. But uh, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many with all the different projects you've worked on. But is there one that stands out for you? I hate, I sound like a broken record, but my proudest thing is being able to revive the art of coach building, starting yeah. to bring this thing back around and do this. Um, that's my proudest moment was getting that first car out there and actually having people that wanted to buy it. To build a car and to put it out on the market um, is one thing, but having someone actually offer you money for that and then ask for more, well, that was <laughs> that was the proudest moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I've talked to designers who've been guests here they say when that car is finally done and it's up on the stand they pull that silk cloth off and you stand there and you go wow look at that thing i mean it's uh pretty phenomenal so congratulations yeah. for that yeah i'd like to back up one second yeah. and tell you another proud moment if i oh, could yeah absolutely go go for it i was at the chargers camp down san diego chargers oh camp. yeah go chargers and, <laughs> and norv turner comes walking down the stairs in their lobby and i'm standing there and uh he was with ryan matthews and he goes hey that's the car guy <laughs> he goes he builds that seven eight nine <laughs> nice and uh that that kind of got me to that norv knew who i was <laughs> So that was a pretty proud moment. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely, especially a sports celebrity like that. Yeah, um, yeah really, really cool. It, it's really fun. So uh, awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, well, you may have already answered this question before when you told us about the CUDA, but what was your first really special car? The CUDA definitely was, um, but it, um, I bought a 70 Vet LT1 convertible, and I bought this car when I was, like, 30 years old. And... um I still have it today. That is probably my special car. Yeah, very cool. It's pretty unique to have a car that long. So many people go through so many different vehicles. Their their opinions change or things change and they need to liquidate a car to move into something else or whatever. So I'm glad that you kept it. So few people do that. I've had many guests here on the show where they're thinking about selling something, but they really love it. And I say, don't. Don't sell it. <laughs> Don't do yeah. it. You'll regret it, which brings me up to the seller's remorse question. Is there a car in your past that you let go that you really wish you still had? My 70 Cuda. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not really because of monetary, more because of yeah. Uh, yeah, emotional. I mean, it was the first car I ever had. Uh, and, of course, I had to sell it and I had to buy other cars. Sure. You know, 69 Camaro Z28, uh, oh. 69 Chevelle Super Sport. Um, ah, the SS. <laughs> You've had yeah. some nice stuff. Yeah, well, you go through a few cars. I've, I've been through quite a few of them. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, let's talk about today and moving forward. I'd love for you to share with our guests a little bit more 
about what you're working on there today at N2A Motors so they get a sense of what they can look forward to, what's coming down the road. I, I can tell you some of the things I'm currently working on and some of the things I'll talk about, but I can't tell sure. you who I'm doing them for. That's a no-no in my business uh, if yes. I'm building a car for someone else. They want the big kudos when they release it to the public. Of you know? course, of course. No, we understand. <laughs> my uh, car that I've been working on for a number of years, I started it back in the uh, 2009-2010 period of time, is my Stinger. Um, and it's a car that has uh, been a passion for me. It's a retro Corvette from the Stingray days. It's kind of reminiscent of the 60s Corvette. I designed a uh, split window back window kind the 67 muscular front uh front end with the hood scoop and everything and then i kept the shark gills from the uh, mid 60s and i created all this uh, very like i said i i should coin the phrase the 21st century eyes and uh, <laughs> i started building it on a c6 i built my first one on a c6 zr1 so it's the $125,000 Corvette, the ZR1. So I built the first one on that, but I want to, I haven't released it to the public for other people to buy it yet. I'd like to redesign it on the C7, which I'm currently working on doing to put it on a C7. And I'd like to release it to the public for a car to come out there that's kind of a retro Stingray uh, style. And I call it the Stinger. And I use this, you know, it's a, it is a Stingray. It's got uh, GM in mind in the past. And when I do these retros, I get the blessing from General Motors, legals, things like that. The 789, same thing. Sure. Uh, um, I got their blessing. I actually, General Motors honors the warranty on my vehicles when I build them. Nice. So if they, uh, if they give me a car, a donor vehicle with five-year warranty, 100,000 miles, after I'm finished with the car, they can still take it into any GM dealership. Oh, my and gosh. The warranty is still valid. Wow. That adds a huge dimension of uh, confidence in your buyers. Yes, yes. And that's that's one thing I push a lot on it is it, it is a fact. I met with, this is back in Bob Lutz, Gary Cowger days. I met with them and then their whole legal team. Uh, we got it bought and off on the way I build the cars and uh, I keep all the safety equipment, all the safety features. So everything electrical, mechanical, all the safety equipment, the entire drivetrain is still under that GM warranty. And then my vehicles, um, I honor the body and the paint and uh, the, the other things I do to it also. That's one current project is Stinger. A couple others uh, that um not really allowed to talk about too much on. I'm doing for some other OEMs. I'm doing a, a hybrid semi truck. Wow. Um, doing the entire cab and interior, all carbon fiber for a OE that has made some announcements, but they haven't made their final announcements yet. I work on the Resvani Beast. Um, Resvani oh, Beast is uh, 0 to 60 in 2.4 seconds. It's <laughs> built on an aerial atom. I build that entire vehicle for Resvani. Um, I have his production for the next three years. I have a couple other projects going with Resvani coming out in the near future that are going to also be uh, built on another chassis. I'm doing a supercar for a company out of Thailand um, that they're going to debut at the Paris Auto Show. I'm doing uh, another C7 chassis built, I'd have to call it a GT car, mm -hmm. for the same company in Thailand that they're going to debut at the Geneva Auto Show. You are busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. So some cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, you're doing some really cool stuff. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Gene. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? 
God, it depends on what day it is and what time of the day. <laughs> well, let's pick today. You know, what, what, what would Gene be today? Well, sometimes I feel like a hot rod. Sometimes uh-huh. I feel like a cruiser. And sometimes <laughs> I feel like an Italian sports car. Yeah, I understand. And my wife doesn't like me being that Italian sports car. <laughs> no, it's not very reliable, those Italian sports cars. Although they're doing better these days. But, well, let's narrow that down a little bit, okay? Kind of take us and describe what that vehicle would be if, if it was Gene. That's a really, really tough question. I, I, <laughs> how do you describe yourself? I, I mean, I don't know. I guess all around, even though I go through my periods and feel like different cars, I kind of try to feel I'm kind of a little bit uh, rough on the edges, but a little bit classy too. Okay. So I have to say 1939 Cadillac. Oh, wow. 39. Now you took me somewhere. I had no idea we were going there. 39 (laughs) Cadillac. Okay. I'm picturing that. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Kind of makes sense for you. Yeah. I love it. I don't always have to be fast. I don't always have to be muscle. Um, I got to have a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. 16 cylinders. And (laughs) there you go. Yeah. The, oh, the big one. Okay. I got you now. Very cool. Well, unique answer. You're the first one of those here on cars. Yeah. So. I was expecting something creative and unique from you. So, Gene, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available and they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats and much much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com, and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Gene, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I know this contradicts everything we said in the past, but... (laughs) All cars are beautiful. Don't fall in love with any one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hard to do for us car people. But yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, that was, it's always been good advice. <laughs> I understand. 
Do you remember who gave that to you by any chance? Actually, it was a gentleman from Switzerland, ah. uh, one, of, one of my repeat customers. Oh, he okay. bought five cars from me already. Wow, nice customer. Love that guy. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success? Um, well, I believe that nothing that can, can't be designed and built without enough money and vision. Mm. Yeah, it's all it takes. Vision, money, and a little time. <laughs> That's right. I can build anything for you. My only limitations is your your vision and your pocketbook. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? And to a motors for all your coach ah. building. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No shameless plugs here on Cars. Yeah, definitely. And I'll remind our listeners that link will be on your show notes page at CarsYad.com. Absolutely. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you think the Cars Yeah listeners should crack open and read? Something I read um, that I always have to go back to, and I just think it's a good book for anybody that's in, a, in an entrepreneurial type of business or any any business for that matter, is Lee Iacocca, Where Have All the Leaders Gone? Ah, yes. <laughs> um, you know, there, anyone can be a manager, but you have to be born a leader. It's something that, yeah, you can learn, but it's it, it's, it's an, an aptitude. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources that Gene has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Gene Langmesser. And Gene's last name is L-A-N-G-M-E-S-S-E-R. And there's another great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and all the past 537 guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Gene, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one, I think this is going to be hard for you. Well, we'll see. One yeah. collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price. Today, I'm going to open that big checkbook and buy you whatever you would like. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? <laughs> well... Two cars come to mind offhand, uh -huh. and I will narrow it down to one, All and right. I'll give you the whys, too. Oh, okay. I think one of the ultimate driving machines is a McLaren F1. Ah, yes. It's designed around the driver. I mean, what car is out there that has a seat in the middle? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and your passengers sit behind you, right? Yeah. It's a driving machine. But if I had the car to keep for the rest of my life and... You were buying it for me. Absolutely. I'd have to go with a Porsche 959. Ooh, okay. Well, I like that. I'm a big Porsche fan. So what is it about the 959? One, well, it was way ahead of its time. And two, um, I was a proud contributor of it. So uh, that's why I, I think I'd have to take it. One, it was way ahead of its time. Oh, I'm yeah. Back in the, in the or what is it, 1990, right? A car that went 211 miles an hour and, and handled the road, all-wheel drive. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, twin <laughs> turbochargers. Yeah. 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 Just an ultimate. You know, yeah. yeah, you picked a great car. I've had a few other guests on the show here that that's their favorite. And for the same reasons, the technology, when you look at Porsche's progression, so many aspects of that vehicle came forward later in mm -hmm. their street cars. You know, the four-wheel drive. I had a C4S. So, uh, yeah, all those things, the turbocharging, um, just so many elements. So, uh, yeah, well, you picked a great car. What color would you like? Orange. Orange, oh. Well, they call it Zanzibar Red. Oh, well, that's a specific, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Zanzibar was a pretty special color. I'm not sure I've ever seen a 959 in that color. I'm sure 
people have them, but uh, very unique. I love it. Well, Gene, you have taken me on an awesome ride. I've really enjoyed getting to know Thanks. you better. You're welcome, and I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey that is uh, still progressing down the road with me and with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Porsche 959? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my closing statement just like you have one, and that is the automobile is not just a product. Ah. It is a part of one's individuality. Love it. That's awesome. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing these days? And to a motors.com or our Facebook page. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Gene has been so sh- kind to share today on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Gene, G-E-N-E in the search bar, and that show notes page will pop right Gene, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!